welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. Tonight, I'm preaching on dinosaurs. I was in Gene Keene's backyard digging in the ground, and I found a big bone. I thought, Gene, this is a dinosaur bone. And I thought, well, we're going to preach about dinosaurs on Sunday night. So I want to tell you what we've got. This is our first Sunday evening service of 2022, and I am beginning a new Sunday night sermon series, and you're going to love this. We are going to be looking at a topic each Sunday night, and it's going to be a different topic. And the, the, the theme, what we'll call this, is things that you've always wanted to know, things you think about, things you wonder about, but you don't ask. And you don't ask because it might seem silly, the ch uh, children might not uh, want to um, uh, uh, get laughed at. But I believe these questions we're going to answer help give our foundation in the Word of God. Because we should not back down when someone does find a dinosaur bone in Gene King's backyard. We shouldn't feel like it proves the Bible wrong or we'd be embarrassed of it. If anything, we're going to see that actually proves the Bible accurate and correct. Uh, there, uh, there is history, and history is our friend. Genealogy is our friend throughout the scriptures with that. So I want you to go ahead. There's two, two things you need tonight. You need your Bible, because I want you to really look at your scriptures tonight, as well as our internet online people. You go ahead and pull out your Bible too, as well as grab your, I put the sermon notes inside the bulletin. So you want to pull your bulletin out. Internet folks, y'all look on the church website. All the bulletins are on there, on the bulletin page, so you can follow along. Now, I'm going to tell you what I believe, and then I'll, and I'm going to spend the next 45 minutes, I'm going to see if I can prove it. That's what I'm going to do. I believe there's two views on the earth. There's the view that the earth is 4.5 billion years old, and we're actually, we're going to start in Genesis 1.1. So go ahead and turn your Bibles to Genesis 1.1. And then there's the view of the earth. If you uh, look back in your Bibles, and you trace a genealogy from 2022 to when God created the six-day creation, and then just start with Adam and just fall down all the way to today, the earth is roughly 6,300 years old. Some people say it might be 5,700 years old. So give or take a few years, and you say, well, why can't you pinpoint it exactly? And that's because the way they did their calendars in the Old Testament, Jewish calendars are different than our Roman calendars here. So that changes a few days. They're, they don't line up exactly their years. But how they do line up, you're looking about roughly a 6,000-year-old earth. I personally would be what we call a young earth believer, meaning I believe the earth is about 6,000 years old. And I got to that conclusion from, I believe, studying the Word of God and from learning about it. Uh, 25 years ago, I would not have believed that. I probably would have been one of what we will call a 4.5. 5 billion year old, what they call old earth believer. So you have old earth means 4.5 billion years old, and that's based on carbon dating, dating bones in Gene King's backyard, and young earth believer, roughly 6,000 years old, and that's basically on your genealogies in the Bible. I believe God gave us genealogies in the Bible for that very purpose. Uh, the, there's a reason we have all these names and you can just trace people. It even tells you how many years these folks lived. 
They, they wanted to show this is how old, this is how we can go back to Adam and Eve. And then we get to Adam, we know we're only six days away with that. Now that being said about dinosaurs, what does that do with dinosaurs? We know dinosaurs was part of God's creation on day six. And we're going to look at that here in a little bit in Genesis chapter one. We also know that dinosaurs, it said every living creature, when we get to Genesis chapter 7, was on the ark. So I believe some dinosaurs were on the ark. It says of every kind. So maybe not every single type of dinosaur, of those types of kind. And then the other dinosaurs died out in the flood. Now, then the question is, well, what happens after Noah and all the animals got off the ark. And I'm going to try to answer that question as well. I'm going to show you some scripture from Job, from Psalms, and Isaiah, where we actually see some unusual creatures referenced in the Bible. As well as one of the neat things uh, when you study, if you go up to the ark encounter, and I'll tell you, we are blessed to live next to the ark encounter. The ark encounter, and what we're talking about tonight, you know, there's many things in the Bible where we have to be rock solid on our doctrine. Do, for, such as what is marriage? What does it mean to be sinful? Jesus Christ died for our t- entire world. We are to take the gospel to Lexington and reach our city and community for Christ. People can only be saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. These are what we would call foundational truths in scripture dinosaurs is not a foundational truth you need to study it you need to know it but if genes convinced that dinosaur bone in his backyard is 4.5 billion years old and i believe oh no that dinosaur bone's only 5,000 years old we can agree to disagree and i'll still be his friend i mean there's just there has to be some leeway there on that doctrine so and that's what we're talking about tonight, because the Bible does not give us exact answer on what happened to the dinosaurs. It doesn't tell us. So we have to, we have to God's going to allow us to put scriptures together. So what happened to the dinosaurs? I believe they, some were on the ark, and then they died out. And for various reasons, they died out. And we will look at that. So I'm going to see if I can prove this, what I just proposed to you. So you want your Bible... You also want your bulletin insert right here. We're going to take a look at this. All right, Genesis 1.1. This is where we get the age of the earth. And this is important to help us understand how long dinosaurs possibly have been here on earth and how long earth has been here on earth and people. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is, this is the worldview I approach everything with. I've, I'm a creationist. I believe God created. I hope you believe this too. Internet folks, I hope you believe this as well. God created us. He created the world. He is a creator. This is not by accident. Nothing is by accident. The Lord is good. The Lord is God. He holds the world in His hands. He is one that we trust in in His good creation. He declared it to be good. So then we get to verse 2. We're only going to read the first two, three verses because this is how you can date the earth right here. And this, we're going to get to the two views. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. 
So the picture of earth is dark, formless, it's void, it's just water. And you have the, the Spirit of the Lord. He's just he's hovering above. He's just everywhere. Just, there's, there's nothing. It's just an earth, watery earth. Uh, it's empty. There's nothing there. Now, from Genesis 1-2 to 1-3 is a crucial point of Scripture. In verse 3, I believe that's when the clock begins. That's when the 6,000 year creation, that's where we're on the clock. Because this is day one when we hit day when we hit verse 3. This would be, if you believe, right there. Then God said, let there be light. There it is. That is day one. We are on the clock right now. The clock starts. Here we are today, 2022, starting from Genesis 1-3. Now, many people who believe in what they call an old earth, an old earth would say there was a gap between that time. We don't know how long, because a day hasn't been created at this point, there could have been billions of years between Genesis 1-2 and 1-3. That's what your old earth creationists would believe. It's what we call the gap theory, as I stated earlier with this. So we start off here and we see God is starting the creation. The reason why I don't believe that is because in verse 2 we see water. We see this form, we see this void. We don't see mountains. We don't see a creation walking around that has nothing to do with humanity. We just see an empty earth. I believe God created that. He hovered around. I don't know how long he hovered around, but then all of a sudden verse 3 bam, he starts. That's one of the problems with 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 dating old bones in Gene's backyard because if once we start saying that bone, that dinosaur bone is 5.720 million years old, well, you're going beyond the 6,000 years roughly when you count back of your Bible. You're going beyond Genesis 1-3. And there aren't any bones in Genesis 1-2. All we've got is watery depths in a void, formless earth. That's what I believe on the age of the earth. Now, the school, when I, growing up, I was taught, that just probably many of you, public school, the earth was 4.5 billion years old. And many Christians today believe that. There's nothing wrong with that. I just think, I, I, I personally believe God has given us genealogies, these dates for the very purpose to help us date the age of the earth. Okay, skip down here in your Bibles to Genesis 1.24. We're going to be in Genesis here. This is the sixth day here. This is when dinosaurs were created. We, as humans, were also created on the sixth day. A lot got created on day six. That is almost as the last day of creation, so God had to hurry up and get all his work, work in there. Then God said, verse 24, Let the earth produce living creatures according to their kinds. Livestock, creatures that crawl, and the wildlife of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. God made the wildlife of the earth according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that crawl on the ground according to their kinds. 
and God saw that it was good. This is the creation of our animals, of dinosaurs, just things that crawl around, your dog, your cat. Now, understand that phrase, according to their kinds. How we need to understand that. And it also applies for when Noah put on, uh, on the boat. A dog is a kind. There's lots of different types of dogs. We all have breeds of dogs, but the dog, you know, seven pairs of dogs got on the ark. They came on there. And so as well as the cats. We didn't have every different type of dog, from poodles to chihuahuas to Great Danes. So according to the con would be the, the dog species made it on the boat. So his creation would be he created dinosaurs, a, a, a general type of dinosaur according to its kind. That's how I would understand where dinosaurs came from. It was part of six day of creation. Now keep going here in your Bible. And we want to flip over now to Genesis chapter 7. Genesis chapter 7. And we get here, and God is displeased with the earth because of wickedness. God has determined and decreed that he is going to destroy the earth. And because of that, he feels like um, there are eight people who are still righteous, Noah and his wife, as well as his three sons and their wives, and they make it on the boat. The size of the boat, this is why we are so blessed where we're at, to be one hour away from, in fact, I've got the picture of the ark. Why don't we put the picture of the ark here, here on the screen? This is the size. If you look at the size there in the Bible, the specifications, if you've been to the ark encounter, I highly encourage you. I, I wish our church once a year we need to make a trip up there. I think I've been up there three times, three or four times. Uh, that is the size of the, bar, of the boat. Every single animal on earth was in there. Probably was a juvenile animal or a, 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 new, a, a small size of the animal. And they explained that on the boat, how they would fit in there on the different levels in, in, in small animals for that very purpose. And remember, too, it was according to their kind. It wasn't every single type of dog was on the boat with that. So, with that. so we're going to read here about what occurred in Genesis chapter 7, verse 11. And I'm going to read some, and then we'll stop and explain it. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day the sources of the vast watery depths burst open. The floodgates of the sky were open. All right, we're going to stop right there. There's a clue in verse 11. It says... The sources of the vast watery depths burst open. I'm going to explain that possibility, what we could see. We just typically think it rained a lot, but it didn't just rain a lot. The water came from not just from above, it also came from below. Lots of water. There was a massive surge of water into the earth. Now, this brings up the question, what would an evolutionist, how would they explain the dinosaurs? 
Because I would say most dinosaurs, like all the animals, all the people alive that didn't make it on the boat, they, they passed away. In fact, David Homelong sent me a uh, comic strip. I have a joke up here I want to show. He wanted to show this. This is where David, did y'all get my, um, my, this is David Homelong. He wanted you to see this. It says, this is the real reason the dinosaurs became extinct. And it, they're smoking. So they smoked and they died. So that's your former chairman of deacons there sending me those type of pictures. So that is what, this is like the stuff he's thinking of and looking at with that. So we, we look here from a uh, standpoint also of the secular worldview, how they would explain where the dinosaurs came about. This is where you want to pull your sermon notes out. They believe 66 million years ago, and you can actually go on like your Amazon Prime and Netflix and search different types of craters and meteorites, and they will tell stories. In fact, I was talking to one of you all this morning about this. I've never been to Mexico, but there in Mexico, there is a Yukonon Peninsula. And 66 million years ago, a meteorite came into our atmosphere. This, is what evolu- this would be the evolutionary view of this. And it crashed into the earth right off the coast of Mexico. It actually went into the water. And it created a crater. There's roughly 190 craters on earth. The largest crater in America is actually off the coast of Virginia. It's called the Chesapeake Bay Crater. These are where meteorites come into our earth and crash either on land or on water. And they come in, these are huge rocks, and they go deep into the ground, and they cause mass, massive flooding, ma- massive loss of life. And they would explain, many evolutionary scientists, that this and they have a name for it. It's called the Chickalub Crater. In fact, yes, there it is right there. Let's take a look at this up here on the screen. This circle here is about the area. Those are very shallow, shallow area, and you can be a diver and go and look at it. Their impact is actually below the surface of the water. And you can go there and actually see an outer rim. In fact, I think I have a picture of what they believe the outer rim looks like. One, I think the next picture there, that is, and that is, this is a huge thing of land. You can see there in the side where Mexico would be and about where it hit right there almost on the beach. And it created these types of, of, of rings from the impact. This occurred, scientists believe, it's called the Chickalub Crater. It's a meteorite. It destroyed, this is an evolutionary view, 75% of all life on earth. Many of you are saying, how on earth did a meteorite hitting Mexico kill animals in Africa and Asia? Because the explosion, they would say, is so big, so great, it actually, the uh, particles, the, uh, the dust blocked the sun of earth. So it actually, animals, including dinosaurs, were freezing to death. They, there was so much particles and dust and ash that came from this explosion there 
It came up into the atmosphere, blocked the sun, and animals and human life, 66 million years ago, vast majority of it on the earth perished from this, um, from this crater impact, this meteorite. It's a sun-blocking fallout. Um, they would say, evolutionary scientists would say, humans were not alive at the same time as dinosaurs. So by the time humans came about, that, that you, would not, you would not see dinosaurs because they died 66 million years ago. So again, going back to the bone in Gene King's backyard, they would say maybe that bone came about when this, um, this meteorite hit off the coast of Mexico and blocked the sun. All, all human life died, and that's how it got buried because it was right there at that point. No, this would be different than the Ice Age. So that would be another qu good question for later on. Maybe in February I could do that, Miss Sherry. So, so she asked about the Ice Age, about how do we explain the Ice Age. That's another, that's another one that we can, uh, we can address with that. Ice Age would be more recent, but thank you with that. Okay, moving along here. We're back in our Bible. Genesis chapter 7, verse, verse 11, where I was at. So, going back to the vast watery depths, it's a possibility that the Lord could have used meteorites to actually burst open. If you look at that phrase there, the, the vast watery dates, the floodgates of the sky were open, and this vast watery depths burst open. How do we know the Lord did not use meteorites and maybe how do we explain these craters to actually send these into the ground to burst open, actually to raise the water levels at the same time? Listen, if God can part the Red Sea, if He can part the Red Sea, part the Jericho River, why can He not use meteorites to raise our water levels at the exact time Noah needed that when he entered into the boat? entered into the ark to see sea levels begin to rise. So that, that could be a possibility. Again, we do not know. Keep going here in your Bible. Verse 12. And the rain fell on the earth forty days and forty nights. On that day, Noah and his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, entered the ark, along with Noah's wife and their three sons. They entered with all the wildlife, according to their kinds. That's the key verse, according to their kinds, meaning not every single dog, every single cat, just the general dog, the general dinosaur. All the creatures that crawl on the earth according to their kinds, every flying creature, all the birds, and every winged creature according to their kinds. Now, I believe in the inerrancy of Scripture. If the Bible uses the word, all the creatures that crawl went on the ark. Again, this is a miracle. It took roughly seven days and God rounded up every animal on earth and brought them to the to this boat. I'm sure Noah and his family were standing there with their mouth open just watching the animals just almost like they know what they're to do, just go get into their spot on the boat. But again, this is the Lord. He's doing this. And if the Bible tells us that every single animal on earth got into the boat, I believe every single animal. So 
Noah's standing there with his wife, his unnamed wife, and they're watching dinosaurs walk right by, going on, on up into the ship and just getting in, into the spot. And the, the Lord is doing this miracle. And it says here, two of every creature that has the breath of life in it came to Noah and entered the ark. Two, two were the unclean animals and seven of its type of the clean animals. Those that entered, male and female, of every creature, entered just as God had commanded them. Notice, God is speaking to the animals and telling them to get into the boat. Noah is not leading the animals into the boat. It's the Lord. He is the one doing this. It is God's flood. God's making the provision. God is, God is uh, completely in charge of this uh, massive flood here. And then, don't miss verse 16, the very end of verse 16. It says, then the Lord shut him in. God knew, okay, we've got all the animals here. Y'all all get in the boat, and we're going to shut the door. The flood continued for 40 days on the earth. The water increased and lifted up the ark so that it rose above the earth. The water surged and increased greatly on the earth. The water surged and increased greatly, and the ark floated on the surface of the water. Then the water surged even higher on the earth. So you see where we see surge after surge. He went high, and then it goes even higher. God flooded every drop of land. I actually believe Mount Everest, which is 29,000 feet high, almost 30,000 feet high, was underwater. The peak of that mountain. Here's, here's how I'm going to prove it. Right here. Then the water surged even higher on the earth and all the high mountains under the whole sky were covered. So you go to Nepal and China where Mount Everest is, where the summit peak is right there, 29,000 feet high, it was covered. The mountains were covered as the water surged above them more than 20 feet. So if we climb Mount Everest, we could then look up 20 feet from the top and go, that's how high this flood was. The entire earth was submerged. Understand why. And I want to tell you why. If you remember back in Genesis 1-2, it said at creation, what was it like? It was void. It was formless. It was, the earth was this watery depths. And the Lord hovered above it. All what was going on here in Genesis 7 was a return to Genesis 1-2 before the first day. It's just the watery depths. There's nothing. The only hope was that ark. That is the only life was floating on that boat. Everything else is dead. Now, obviously, the fish in the sea are alive. But all the creatures that crawled and the birds of the air, there was no place for them. Going to say here, verse 21, every creature perished. Those that crawl on the earth, birds, livestock, wildlife, and those that swarm on the earth. Every insect, as well as all mankind. Everything with the breath of the spirit of life in its nostrils. Everything on dry land died. He wiped out every living thing that was on the face of the earth, from mankind to livestock to creatures that crawl to the birds of the sky, and they were wiped off the earth. Only 
Noah was left. Only Noah. And those that were with him in the ark. And the water surged on the earth 150 days. Folks, this was devastating loss. God totally destroyed the earth. A flood kills all human life. There's, no, there's, nowhere, there's nowhere to go. So, we look at this story here. I believe on that boat, the dinosaurs, I believe juvenile dinosaurs were on that boat. And I'm going to show you here in a little bit. But going back to the opposing views, the, what we would call the uh, evolutionary views of what we would see an evolutionist, somebody who does not believe in the Bible, something you might learn at school today. They would claim a comet or a meteor is what destroyed the earth. They'd also probably claim possibly that climate change, typically we know from dinosaurs, they typically lived in warm weather. So climate change, um, would it, maybe the sun became uh, not, it was too cold to support dinosaur life. So the, uh, a, a biologist might explain it that way. But then some other possible reasons what could have happened after the flood. So you say, okay, pastor, dinosaurs are on the boat. The boat landed. Then all of a sudden Noah, his family, and these creatures, they get off the boat. So now, a year later, animals, these critters are getting off on the boat. They're repopulating the land, including our dinosaur friends. Why aren't they here today? I want to know where the dinosaurs are. It was roughly 4,300 years ago that they, uh, if you trace back the genealogy, the flood occurred roughly 4,300 years ago. So you're looking at why don't we have dinosaurs here today? Well, we have to remember every animal of the kind that was on the boat does not exist in 2022. The first dinosaur bone found in Gene King's backyard was in 1841. The study of dinosaurs is not something that's new. Or not something that's old, it's, it's new. It's, it's less than 200-year-old uh, study from this. So, a thousand years ago, the concept of dinosaurs would have been foreign to humanity. They would not know what a dinosaur is. But now, through digging up our bones, we do know. So here's some possibilities how dinosaurs became extinct. But actually, before we read these possibilities, I want to show you here in the Bible. I don't want you, I don't want you to turn in a minute. Actually, go ahead and turn to Psalm 74. Turn to Psalm 74 and then turn to Isaiah chapter 30. So we're going to look at those scriptures. But while you turn there, I want to explain here in the book of Job. And these are in your notes. You can go back maybe later tonight if you want to read about dinosaurs in the Bible. Give you great reading material. But there's two different uh, odd animals listed in the book of Job that we do not know what they are. In Job chapter 40, there is a creature called the behemoth. It is some form of a land animal. Now, many folks say this could be a hippopotamus. This could be a... Um, uh, I mean, crocodile, we, we don't know. Alligator. But again, if you read the description of the behemoth, it does not seem like a hippopotamus. It doesn't seem like a rhinoceros or an elephant. It's a powerful animal. It's there in Job 40, verses 15 through 24. And then the next chapter, there's this creature called the Leviathan. 
And the Bible describes it all throughout. God is asking Job. He says, where were you when I created the behemoth? Where were you when I created the Leviathan? Job, answer me if you know where where you were at. The Leviathan is in Job chapter 41. It is a sea monster, the Bible describes. Well, we don't really have sea monsters today. Many folks would say, well, a sea monster, this could be some form of of a manatee. It could be a great whale. We don't know. But you read the description of the Leviathan in Job chapter 41. It does not seem like a great humpback whale. This is a beast of a monster. We don't know what happened to it, but it's recorded there in the Bible. And again, we believe in the authority of Scripture, and the Bible talks about these animals, the behemoth, the Leviathan. We take God's Word at, its, at its, uh, what it is. It's some form of a, of a sea monster, some form of a land animal with that. But before we read these Scriptures here, in, in Psalm 74, I have a quote here that's very important. Because many people might say, you know what? Many Christians, you might hear this talk. Preacher might preach it. He says, you know, I bet before people came, before Adam and Eve came, because if you read that six-day creation, these animals were created beforehand, before people. Some people do not view the six days as literal 24-hour periods. I do. Some people would say it was more of a a generalized time. And they would believe, some Christians believe this, they would say dinosaurs died out before people came on earth. Like, they, they, they just perished, they died. There's a problem with that view, a massive problem. Because, listen, here's where it is. I put the scriptures right here. Genesis 3.19 reminds us part of the penalty of the fall was death. Death did not exist. You could not die before Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It was not possible. Death had not entered into the world. So how could a dinosaur die if there was no possible death? In Romans chapter 5, as well as 1 Corinthians 15, uh, explain this to us with that. All right, flip over in your Bibles here to Psalm 74. Again, here are some interesting creatures. Now, this is during the time of David. This is 3,000 years ago. This is 1,000 B.C. So this is well after the flood. This is when people are on earth. This is when many people are on earth. And look at the description of what God says. Psalm 74, verse 13. And David is talking here about the Lord. You divided the sea with your strength. You smashed the heads of the sea monsters in the water. What are the sea monsters? What is David talking about here? Again, we don't know. There likely could have been sea monsters, these leviathan figures that existed during the time of David, 3,000 years ago. You crushed the heads of leviathan. You fed him to the creatures of the desert. So, again, 
there's a high likelihood that there were some form of dinosaur animals existing with the, the time period of, of 3,000 years ago, even King David. Flip over to Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 6. Look what God's Word says here. These are about flying snakes. Anybody here scared of snakes? I don't like snakes. Could you imagine a flying snake? A flying snake just flying in the air and is coming to get you. But apparently, again, we go back to the authority of the Word of God. We believe the Bible. And the Bible talks about flying serpents. And it's not talking about this figurative. It says, a pronouncement concerning the animals of the Negev. So what's the Negev? The Negev is the southern desert region of Israel. So down near the Sinai, this would be the same areas I preached about this morning, about with Hagar and Ishmael when they were sent away. The desert, you go out to the desert, you might find a flying serpent. Because that's what Isaiah chapter 30, verse 6 says. A pronouncement concerning the animals of the Negev. Through a land of trouble and distress, of lioness and lion. Now these are animals we obviously know of lions and lionesses. That's an animal that still exists today. Of viper. Now vipers exist. There's venomous snakes all through, the, all, all through Kentucky. Even out venomous snakes live in the desert. But look at this. And flying serpent. What is that? All these other animals named here are animals. He's describing the animals of the desert, the Negev. And we understand a lion, a lioness, snakes, vipers, and flying snakes. And the Bible's talking about some maybe possible creature that does not exist to us today. Some form of a dinosaur creature. And we see these examples, and there's another one, we won't look at it, but it's in Isaiah chapter 14, of another flying serpent. So these flying snakes, Leviathan, Behemoth, these unusual creatures do exist. The Bible doesn't talk about this, but if you go up to the Ark Encounter and you read, as you know, if you go there, they have all this information. If you don't have small children, you could actually read it all. But if you have an opportunity to read all uh, their explanations of how the animals fit on through the ark, as well as the possibility of what happened to dinosaurs, because that's a common question, one of the neat things about human history is dragons. Now, I don't believe in dragons today. We don't have dragons running around. Now, Disney might make movies about dragons. Uh, you, know, you can see dragon movies. But... Ancient cultures, not just in Asia, in all parts of the world, you go back three, 4,000 years ago, folks, if you look at their artwork, there's pictures of dragons. And it's not like they texted and talked to each other and said, hey, let's paint some pictures of dragons. They had these unusual dragons that they would, they would put on their caves and their stones. And you say, well, maybe it was just, maybe that's just the way they help understood things. And, or it could have been, there could have actually been some form of a dragon figure. I don't know if necessarily it would breathe fire, but it would be a, a T-Rex form of an animal, a deadly creature that existed that you would 
The people would fear, yet they would also hunt and seek to kill. Now again, that's speculation. I don't know that, but it is interesting. History records ancient pictures of dragons on all continents of earth. Three, four thousand years ago, the Egyptians talked about it. This idea of a dragon, these dinosaurs, you read here in your Bibles, is a high likelihood that there was a time where dinosaurs and humans existed together. So tying all this together, what do I believe? I believe dinosaurs became extinct. They were on the boat, they got off the boat, they're on Mount Ararat in current day Turkey, and then they came off there with Noah and his family, and wherever they went as they went, possibly what happened was many animals have become extinct. Even in our lifetimes, animals have become extinct. There are probably many more kinds of animals that do not exist today that did exist 4,300 years ago. You say, why is that? Because if you remember what I talked about in Genesis 3.19, the penalty of sin is death. Animals die too. In what likely has happened is animals that did exist back then, they no longer exist today because of death. And this puts it in the context of because of what Adam and Eve did in the garden, because the reason why God sent the flood and killed out all the, all the people there with saving Noah's family because of wickedness and immorality, the Lord has allowed animals as well as humans, to perish. So, tying all this together, what happened to dinosaurs? I personally believe they, uh, they were there during the flood, or they died during the flood. The ones that were on the boat, the kinds, the, their types, that kinds lived. They came off the boat. They lived with humanity a little while, and then they died out for various reasons, mainly because of sin and death. And I think for us, and we look at these different types of scripture, we look at the story of Noah, and we say, well, what does this matter for me today? What matters for us today is we take confidence in the word of God. When the Bible talks about flying serpents and the behemoth and the Leviathan, these might be creatures that existed years ago that no longer, thank goodness in many ways, exist today. But it was a reality for those peoples, they had to deal with those. We cling as Christians to a biblical worldview, holding fast to saying, this is what the Word of God says, believing in a six-day creation, believing that God is the Creator, and that there's a reason He gave us dinosaurs. Do I believe that they existed? Absolutely. We can verify dinosaur bones. There was a time where dinosaurs were all over the earth and for some unknown reason a variety of reasons they're no longer here today that does not whatsoever make the bible less trustworthy in fact my belief is it makes the bible more trustworthy because the bible speaks about these different types of unusual animals that we do not see and not only that we have a flood a worldwide flood wiped out most of the dinosaurs, except for the ones, for their kinds that survived on the ark. I'm going to close this in prayer.
And then we're going to conclude our service with an invitation. So we're going to pray, and Gene's going to lead us in our song. God, I thank you for your word. Lord, we pray for the folks online as well as us here in our sanctuary tonight. As we have studied and looked at your word on the dinosaurs. God, this is an issue that it isn't one that we need to fight over, but it is one that we need to be aware of. And we need, we need to cling to. God, I pray if there's anybody here that's struggling with the reliability of Scripture, Lord, maybe there's some uncertainty in their beliefs. I pray that you will absolutely come to them and uh, confirm your truth with them. Lord, I pray that you just bless our church. Lord, we pray for the Sunday evening series. We pray this Sunday nights as we study different topics and we go through and look at what it means to believe amidst the days of science, to believe amidst the days of, of so much of immorality that we want to walk away rooted in a faith, in a foundation in the Word of God. Lord, this invitation tonight we give to you. We pray we're bold in response. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. We close every single worship service here with an invitation. This is our invitation to respond to God. I tell you, if you want to come and maybe you have some prayer requests, or you want to make a decision, or you want to make Broadway your church home, you come take my hand, you come take Miss Sherry's hand, and we will pray with you, and we pray that God's blessing upon your life. So Gene's going to lead us in our song. Gene.